What's up, everybody? Welcome into In God's Image, How to Be a Pro. I'm super excited today. I am T. Jax, Trayvon Jackson. I'm here with my band, Scott Boogie. Scott Sucks, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Excited to be here for episode four. Start our NBA All-Star Series. It's going to be a great conversation, man. I'm excited to get, get it rolling. Excited. I'm super excited. So, if you guys don't know who we are, in God's image, we are a company and a church. And our whole biggest thing, our whole thing is to help you become the image and the likeness that you were created to be. And how to be a pro is started and was started because me and my man Boogie over here met back in Washington 2015, both played professional basketball. How many years now, Scott? How many years you played? This year eight for me. Eight yeah, years? Eight. Yeah, I'm on six. Yeah, I'm on six. I'm on <laughs> six. And, you know, we both love the hoop. We, 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 we've gone through the ranks of playing pro. We've gone through middle school, high school, you know, college, pro life. Um, so we wanted to help people know what does it take to become a pro? What does it take to become, you know, the highest level of what you're doing? Because if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be whatever the case may be, they teach you how to do it. That's how IGI, how to be a pro was created. And that's the reason why it's here. The whole reason why it's here is to help you fulfill your uh, work in life, your true work, your true uh, assi assignment in life, your true calling, your true purpose to fulfill the will that you were created for. And we want to use your vocation of basketball to help you do that. So what time is it over there in Greece right now? You, you, you kicking it, you kicking it up in the morning, man. So what time is it over there? Yeah, it's 303 in the morning. 303 and man, I, so I, I, we appreciate you, um, you know what I mean, pushing through. You've done this for now for the last couple episodes. Um, mm -hmm. We're in a series right now focusing on the NBA. And then we're going to go eventually into college. And then we're going to go eventually into high school. And we're going to bring a lot of different guests. Now, today's guest, before we get into him, uh, into his... Um, accolades per se into his resume into who he is in general um today's guest actually became an all-star part of our nba series right now is how do you become an all-star what does it take to actually get there um if you guys haven't seen our other shows please check out episodes one through three we interviewed uh the first show uh that we interviewed on the nba series which was how do you make it to the nba we interviewed my dad, uh, Jimmy, Jim Jackson. So Jimmy check that out. That was Jackson. a great show. Yes. And then me and Scott also filmed one that's going to be filming here pretty, or airing here pretty soon, talking about what does it take? What does it actually mean to be a pro? What does it actually mean to become a pro? We went over the minds and we're going to actually air that here pretty soon after we get through this episode here. But Scott Boogie, we have a very, very special guest today. A very, yes. very special guest today. Before we get into him in, in about two minutes, let's yep. talk about that level of all-star to give our audience what that, mm -hmm. what that portrays and what that holds. A lot of people don't, if they're not watching basketball, you know, they don't understand. They don't understand how hard it is to become an all-star or how good you really have to be to be a top 24 player out of a league of 350 out of how many people in the world in this, you know what I mean, trying to make it to the NBA. So talk to me a little bit about that, bro. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so you don't just 
get drafted and become an all-star, man. There, there's you, You've got to have the respect of the league. You've got to have the respect of the coaches. you got to have the respect of the fans uh, because the fans are the ones voting the all-stars. Um, and then the coaches will, will vote in uh, – the fans vote in the starters, and then the coaches will vote in um, the, the rest of the guys. So um, this particular guy was an all-star starter this year. So that gives you a testament to – just how great he has been, um, not only this season, throughout his career, but particularly this season. So this is not it's not an easy thing to do at all. There's many players that go their entire careers without ever being an all-star, and then they're great players. But um, it's just that's just how good the league is. So it's not yeah. an easy thing to do it, at all. It's not because the, the there's, there's there's levels. Obviously, you got you know just in the league, you got becoming a rotational player. Then you got mm-hmm. actually becoming, you know, the franchise player. There's some franchise right. players. There's t- there's tiers of franchise players. There's some franchise players that's not not necessarily an all-star, but they're a franchise player, right? Yep. And you got the all-stars. And then you got the all-stars of the all-stars. And then you got yep. superstars. And then you got all the famers. So there's always levels. Mm-hmm. And we want to – the whole point of us is we want to go to that kid out there that's starting off their journey of, you know, dreaming and wanting to become – uh, a basketball player, a professional basketball player in the NBA or a professional, you know what I mean, musician or whatever it is you want to be a professional in, we want you guys to gauge what is it going to take to get there, right? Not just, oh, I want to get to know what are the steps. So when we ask these questions to our guests, we're not going to ask the regular questions that, you know, how did it feel that night when you shot that? We ain't asking that. <laughs> we, we hoop. We know what it takes. We know what happens in between those lines. And that's what we're going to tap into with our guest starting tonight. Now, a little bit of background on him. McDonald's All-American, right? McDonald's All-American. What else? You said he won what player of the year? Was it? National Gatorade Player of the Year. That's the best player in the country. National Gatorade. That's big time. Mm -hmm. This is 2011, right? 2011. This is. Yeah. And this is this is somebody that 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 beat out a guy who had one of the best mixtapes of all time at that time which was Austin Rivers. Yeah. You know, at that time it was so for him to win that was huge. You know what I mean? Number three, well, we before we get that took his team to the Elite Eight at University yeah. of Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Number three draft pick, 2012. Who went before him? We Michael had Anthony Chris Davis, and, I believe, and Michael okay. K. Gilchrist. So great, great yeah, great number one pick, great number one pick. Um, and I'm not throwing shade to Michael Kidd-Gurkis either. I want to put that out there. Um, yeah. Three-time NBA All-Star who went yeah. from being number three pick but to eventually, you know, becoming the franchise player and becoming yeah. three-time NBA All-Star. But – I think this might be his favorite out of these accolades that I named. He's a dad and a husband or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, of two boys. So um, he's a very avid, you know, father. You can tell he's very adamant or active mm-hmm. into his uh, children's lives. We're going to talk about that as well. So let's give it up for the one and the only Bradley Bill. Hey. Hey. What up, fellas? <laughs> What's man, up, what's man? Bro, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys for having me. Man, appreciate you being on here, man. So, Scott, 
you're going to do a lot of the leading today. I know you and you and Brad have a little bit of a background, a little bit of uh, history of going on. So I'll go ahead and take um, things going forward. Brad, can you hear me right now? Okay, perfect. So I can hear you too, Jack. Okay, perfect. So we want to talk about the starting point for you, Brad, uh, becoming Mr. Missouri. But I want Scott to kind of lead this because y'all, you know, y'all had a little bit of history. And Scott started off as Mr. Basketball, you know, coming in and what was that, 2009, I believe. And then you came back in and started to, you know, kind of grow up with Scott and guys have a history back then. So how did y'all, how did you guys meet? And then what does that look like? What was that situation like? Oh, uh, yeah. Like you said, Scott was a little older than me. Uh, but we grew up playing in the same AAU program, uh, the St. Louis Eagles. And uh, yes, Scott was just always just nice. And so <laughs> for me, I always just wanted to compete against, you know, guys who were nice. And so Scott, Scott, who else was on your team, Scott? Were you on a team with, were you two, two years older than me? Two or three years older than me. And uh, you're talking about high school? Yeah. For the Eagles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had JP. We had, uh, man, oh, we had Drew. Drew was our point guard. Yeah, I'm four years. I think I'm three or four years old. That team was yeah. sick. Yeah, that team was yeah, sick. Yeah, we had a squad, I think I might have been we, like we were... eighth grade when he was like, a, yeah. like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. So, yep. We had I would always scoop against yeah. Scott in like pickup games, like when mm-hmm. I was younger. And Scott was, he, I mean, he, he was light years ahead of guys, like because mm-hmm. – he didn't say anything. He was quiet and reserved, and that's kind of something I stole from him. Like he like was a silent assassin, and he let his game speak for himself. He wasn't gonna trash talk unless you said something to him, uh, and then he'll just go give you thirty. <laughs> I say nothing. Who is this dude? Like who is right? He was like, who is this dude? And it was like that every time he stepped into the gym, and then sure enough, he go do his thing in Washington. He go do his thing overseas. But every time yeah. he played, like it was like I need to be on his team. I ain't trying to be on the other side because <laughs> it can get it can get it can get scary on the island. So. Yeah, it's funny Scott. you say that because I remember I remember when I first started playing with Scott, I was like, "Who is this dude that's so quiet but got all this bounce?" He just started dunking out of nowhere, <laughs> and I didn't know it because he is so quiet. But I mean, you a quiet dude too. You know what I mean? As far as uh, if you, I'm sure you guys, both of you guys are open. You know what I mean? Scott's very open when I talk to him. But what was that kind of demeanor like for you, bro? And as far as I, I saw something uh, of a video of you, you said when you get in between the lines, you lock in. Uh, where did that kind of stem from? And, you know, where did that develop? Scott knows it's, it's, it's my upbringing. It's my mom, my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom. And see, you might, you might remember when we were younger, you heard this crazy lady in the gym screaming (laughs) so but it was i would say it was her like my mom taught me how to hoop my dad taught me the physicality and the mental toughness of it but my mom was my drill sergeant like Mm. till this day she you know five three she's you ain't doing this you ain't doing that (laughs) so i love her to death but still to this day like she's she's a drill sergeant and back then that was just a part of my upbringing like just being humble and hungry like that was a motto my dad and i lived by he was like yeah, yeah we don't be you know surprised with your success because you put in the work for it 
You know, that was something mm-hmm. my mom would always tell me, like, okay, yeah, you had 30, whatever. We're going to the gym tonight <laughs> because you missed two free throws or, you know, mm-hmm. you missed two threes, whatever the case may be. So it was always be better, be better. Yeah. And so I always kind of had that reserved mindset of, you know, okay, yeah, I'm doing good, but I still, there's more to be done. There's more to be done. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just naturally a quiet guy. Uh, yeah. I'm real reserved in myself and I'm always observing, like kind of reading people, um, mm-hmm. reading the game. But on top of that, having, having Gerald Sergeant Bill on that. <laughs> now, as Boogie, before you, before you ask this question, I got to bring this up because mm-hmm. me, and Brad actually had some battles. And me, me and you, Scott, was just talking about this. Me and Brad was talking a little bit about it beforehand. But we had a squad. On our team, we had me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had my man, uh, Trey Burke. We had Stevie Taylor. Um, we had a guy named Elijah Macon who would play with us when he could. J.D. Weatherspoon when he could as well. And for anybody that played AU basketball, oh, yeah, for anybody that played AU basketball, Nationals <laughs> meant everything back then. I don't think it's that big of a thing now just because they got EYBL, they have all these things. But there was this guy who played for St. Louis Eagles who they didn't really have anybody else that I remember at that time. They did have a guy. What's the guy that went to Butler? What's his name again? Roosevelt uh, Jones. Yes, Roosevelt, who was like the Draymond back then, but could – he could do so much more. He was so he just ran a team. But they had this this skinny kid that was had braids and you know, like I was saying, wore these kneecaps, but he could hoop. He was solid. He was very solid. And he would I remember eighth grade, we're playing in Cincinnati for the Nationals. I think we made it to the final four. We played against you guys and we beat you guys, but you had like 30. And I remember like, yeah, it was tough. And then we lost to the Memphis Stallions, um, mm, to Adonis yeah. Thomas, to all those guys, Crawford in the in the championship. The next year, we run it back. We win, right? We win the Nationals down in the, in the uh, Milk House. But then things started to kind of change a little bit because we get to EYBL. It's the first year of EYBL, mind you. We're going to the game, and our first game we play, we play against St. Louis Eagles. Now we got history against them. We've been beating them all these. We're like, we're good. But we're still 6'1, 6'2. You know, I'm playing the three at the time. And <laughs> Trey's about 5'11 playing the one. Stevie's like 5'8. We come out, we st- we still nice. We're nice. But they got this guy who all of a sudden just jumps up to like, it feels like 6'5 because his arms is like extra long, like out here. <laughs> and then they have another guy on their team. Who dunk? Who just jumps out of jumps out the gym? Why they still have Roosevelt Jones is still there. They have another guy on their team that jumps out the gym. Come to find out, he was going to Kansas. This is Ben McLemore. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're playing, and we realize midway through the game, it's a different level. This is a different level, <laughs> and we're not able to hang with them. What did you do to take that big of a leap from? Because that was your foundation. Right, that foundation has you never stopped since yeah. then. What did you do from that eighth grade on that separated you from the rest of the pack? You know, it was, it sounds lame because I tell kids don't pay attention to it today, but I seen on the website I was ranked like four hundred and twenty eight in our class. Mm. Wow, how'd you even get that far on the list? 
Like, I was I was ignorant enough to just keep scrolling and not see my name. But when I seen it, I was just like, "Oh my god, there's no way there's that many people better than me." And so I like I like kept that article, and that motivated me my my next year. But on top of that, the Eagles cut me my eighth grade year. Right? What? I, I know tried, that. That's what a lot of people know. I tried out Bro, my I eighth grade year for the fifteens, right? And so, granted, it wasn't. It wasn't like a sure guarantee I was gonna make it, but they wanted me to more or less be like an alternate if a guy went down. Like mm, he's an eighth grader. Yeah. It was me and wow. Shaq at the time, Shaq Bogut. Right? But they oh, Yes, yes I remember Shaq, uh light skinned mm-hmm. lefty, right? I think. Right. Yes, it was you and him. I remember right. that. Okay, so I remember they kept, Shaq. They kept Shaq and I got cut. And so I'm like, dang. That's the first time I've ever been cut. So like that really yeah. and I'm like, okay. You gotta like, you can't mope about it. You can't like, you gotta do something about it, right? And so, I remember like it was yesterday. Shamanah, it was my high school, high school summer camp, right? We went to Kansas, and my mom was drilling me all summer. I've been working on my game. We go up, we go up to KU, play team camp, and as a freshman, coach just throws me up on varsity, starts me and everything. I average like. 28 again <laughs> and so i get home as soon as i get home coach coach self calls me and offers me a scholarship right mm. so i'm 15 years old uh-huh. this is the first scholarship i've ever got i've i've don't even know nothing about the recruiting process yeah. see my older brothers go through but they both went to school for football so mm-hmm. i'm just like okay this is new ku i know they're really good they down the street I was like, yo, I think I'm gonna go there. Like, <laughs> I called my AD coach. Like, um, I think I'm about to commit. He's like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. You, know, you got to go through it. So, who was it? Who, who was the coach at the time? It was Elon. It was Eric. Okay, Long, yeah, right. Yep. So, boom. I, once I've been motivating me. So, coming into my what, freshman year, I was 15, 14, 15. I just had to be better. And even then, I still wasn't a high-ranked kid in my class as a freshman. Mm. That didn't come until my junior, senior year, right? But I remember one tournament specifically, we were in Nashville, Tennessee. It's always the first tournament of the year, usually. And our founder, Rich Gray, who he passed away. He's no longer with us. But he he Mm. told me, I remember like it was yesterday, he said, you have a chance to make it to the NBA if you do what wow. I tell you to do. Wow. And I was just like, really? Like, I was just thinking he was blowing smoke, but he was mm-hmm. Larry Hughes' uncle. And so Larry mm-hmm. was the last guy to make it, him and David Lee. And so that's who mm-hmm. we, we looked up to. Yeah. From St. Louis. From St. Louis at the time. Yeah. Right? Okay. From St. Louis, yeah. right? So I'm looking wow. like, okay, well, if that's what he's telling his nephew's there, why wouldn't I be listening to those gems, right? I'm already mm-hmm. in his organization. And yeah. so that kind of what sparked it from me. Like once Coach Gray told me that, my mindset mm-hmm. shifted to, okay, I have to be, I have to do this. Like I just constantly set goals for myself every year. Like every year, mm-hmm. you remember me when I was younger, I would do nothing but what? Shoot, shoot threes. That's all I would do, run the corner, shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't do nothing else. Shoot threes, shoot threes. But 
that's all I was labeled as. Okay, he's just a shooter. He's just a shooter. Okay, so when I was 15, 16, I start putting the ball on the floor more, right? I start dunking the ball more. They're like, oh, he can't dunk. He's athletic. I start dunking <laughs> the ball more. And so every year they kept saying, you know, we had scout, we had rivals, we had ESPN, everybody, yep. we can't do this. Yep. We can't do that. So I'm like, okay, well, that's just going to motivate me to do it. Every year I got this. I got this. That's so key. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it. But it's ironic now because I tell kids, don't look at the rankings, don't pay attention to it. Right. <laughs> There's so many guys like I didn't know Malcolm Brogdon was in our class. Malcolm could go. Malcolm I, I, could. I, I never played Atlanta. I did. I never. We played him in our class. Sure enough, he's in the league, making millions yep. of dollars, killing it. So I'm just like, yep. don't pay attention to none of that. Dame Lillard, same thing with the Weber State. Yeah. Half of us couldn't even tell you where Weber State was at, but look at him yep. now on his path to a Hall of Fame career. So mm-hmm. it's it's stepping stones. That's why we say, yeah. like, I love you guys' platform because in order to get to where I am, it's like you can't skip a step. There are no missteps mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. There are no missteps from high school, freshman on through senior year, going through the recruiting process, understanding what it's like to deal with coaches, understanding what it's like to be under a smaller business in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, once you, you're projected up into the league, it's a whole new ball game. So it's all we gotta touch on that. That's fire, bro. It's just stepping stones, you know. And every I feel like what helped me was that I didn't I didn't look too far down the line. Like mm. like when Coach Gray told me, Yeah, you can make it to the league, like I believed it, but I didn't think it was possible, you know? Wow. Like, it was yeah, it yeah. was a it was a goal, like it was like something we all want. Like we all want to make yeah. it. Like, mm-hmm. but it was a dream of mine, a hundred percent. But I couldn't sit here and tell you, like, yeah, he was going to be the number three pick. Yeah, he was going to be an all star. Yeah, he was going to be a franchise player. I tell everybody that those were goals once I got to the league. Mm-hmm. Like those weren't goals when I was a little kid. Like we played a game because we were. It was fun. It's what we loved to do. Yep. Like. Yep. We were good at it. Like it wasn't like something we didn't think about the money of it. We didn't think, oh, I want to mm-hmm. make this amount. I want to play for this team. And you know, all of that stuff comes later. So stepping stones, don't you can't you can't skip a beat. You can't skip a beat. Boogie, he touched on a lot, bro. All right, what you what you man. what you got next, man? <laughs> man, we that, that that's a lot. That and that is great stuff. Just get Get into your mindset, especially. I love the thing you're talking about, uh, Coach Gray. May he rest in peace, man. He he uh, he was kind of like that drill sergeant too, kind of like how your mom described. And he, mm-hmm. I remember Coach Gray, boy, he was scary. Cause I remember playing on the 15th. He was coaching the 17th. He was like, "You gonna play on the 17th this week?" And I said, "I don't want to play on the 17th. <laughs> I don't want him <laughs> coaching me." Bro. So he got to have that drill sergeant. But he knew what he was talking about. He really knew what he was talking about as a kid. It was pretty intimidating. So I thought that was interesting. But but I wanted to go back to, um, and then we'll we'll move ahead to try to get to some of the pro stuff. But um, you talked about that jump uh, from your eighth grade to freshman year, and, and I really like you became Brad Beal. I felt like for me, all because I was all the way in Washington at the time, mm-hmm. uh, Seattle. And I started hearing like, yo, this is dude, this dude, he, he's he's killing. Like, you he, he ran off like maybe the first four games or something, 40, 40, 40. I believe that was your sophomore. <laughs> was this your sophomore year of high school? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that's when I was like, yo, who it? This is the same brand that was the skinny little. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, that's what I thought. I seen it, bro. Yeah. Like that was the that so was I didn't the see it week. until like your sophomore year from freshman to sophomore. I was like, whoa, this kid is killing. So can you talk a little bit about what happened? I know you talked about building that foundation, but just kind of that that shift that happened there, the kind of the work, all that work, all those those seeds that you had planted, they're kind of being being reaped now. Uh, well, I would say that was, you guys are 100% right. That was the the biggest, one of the biggest leaps for me was my freshman year going into my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. One, T, I cut the hair off, so that, that might have been. That <laughs> was huge. I remember that, too. He had long braids, like down to like here. I remember down to like here. I had dreads at the time, so I, I cut the dreads off. Uh, but in all seriousness, like, I just knew. For one, at, at Chaminade, um, Sky, you might have remembered, our team was a bunch of upperclassmen my, yeah. my freshman year. And so mm-hmm. I started as a freshman. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I understood what that meant, but I didn't really understand what that mm-hmm. meant. Right. And so that was like my first time kind of dealing with adversity on the team. Yeah. Right? The players, uh, the older guys, yeah. older guys, like, oh no, yep. this, you know, he's a freshman, he got to earn his, you know, earn his stripes. Mm-hmm. So that was my first time of like, okay, this is a doggy dog world, right? Mm-hmm. And so my sophomore year, granted, they were all gone. My biggest leap was when Scott was right. My second game of the year, I had 52 points. Yeah, <laughs> I had 52. And to this day, I still can't believe it. I didn't. I mean, I always say it's the grace of God. Whenever I have games like that, I'm like, man, it was just, it was God bless me. But yeah. It was like that step for me mentally was like, okay, you're here. Yeah. Like, and I had two older brothers, right? And my oldest brother went to our rival school. And I remember like it was yesterday, he was one of my favorite players watching growing up. I didn't, it was AI mm-hmm. and my brother. I didn't, I didn't care yeah. for anybody else. Like, so mm-hmm. I'm front row at all my brother's games. I'm watching him. And he was the best thing since sliced bread, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so my mindset is, okay, I got to be better than him. So I wanted to do the complete opposites, go to the opposite school, right? Yeah. <laughs> go to the rival school, try to beat his school every single time, try to just try to be better than him. And then that whole sophomore year was the attention's on you. What do you do with it? Like, you mm-hmm. can either continue to get better or you can digress and get left behind. Like I always remember that 428. I always remember not being ranked. I remember yeah. killing at the KU camp. And it's like you didn't do all of those things for, you know, to just stop here at 52. You know, the second yeah. game of the year. You gotta keep going, keep going, keep going. And I always thank my parents for that because they kept me grounded. They didn't let me get big headed. They didn't let me, you know I honestly I didn't have a kid life. I can say that. So I didn't get to go out and hang out with friends. I didn't get to do movie thing. I didn't get to do none of that. It was basketball school, basketball school. Mm. So that's super powerful, Brad, because here at How to Be a Pro, we, like I said, we want to touch on the actual principles, the actual laws, the actual things that's, that took in place for you to be successful. You touched on something that was huge. You talked about using the motivation of where man's opinion was of you to help push you. Now, a lot of times, most people can get that and they can start to get into hate. They can start to change who they are. They can start to 
you know, become a, a hardness of who they are. But you didn't do that. You actually took what you saw. You looked at the criticism from men and did not let that define who you were, but said, okay, this is what they're saying. I'm going to work on this and get better at it and make it a actual strength of mine. I seen it firsthand. You know, the, the light-skinned dude was, uh, what's his name, Shaquille Boga or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> he was the guy because he dropped like 30 every time we played against him. All the time. But <laughs> you literally had a plan of faith, you know what I mean, which is actually the laws that you stand on, making a plan, and then day in and day out, you had the guidance of your parents. You had the guidance of somebody who said, he gave you a seed and said, yo, hey, all he did was plant the seed. And you cultivated that seed day in, day out, and said, I'm going to get here, and you did it. You dealt with the adversity along the way. And that's not the only adversity you dealt with because, obviously, being in the league now, you deal with a lot of adversity. You, you play with other players. I'm sure you dealt with other things as well. What was – would you say that that's your foundation that's led you all the way? Because we want to jump into college now. You spent only a year. It's been only a year in Florida. Um, great year. Biggest game I remember watching you play is against Ohio State at Ohio State. Yeah. Jared uh, and, you know, Kraft and all those guys were, you know, we grew up in Columbus. So, and you went to work. You went to work on them. And I just remember like, man, he really took off. This is, you had Kenny Boyton on the team, who was a guy at the time, you know, uh, Scotty, Scotty Wilbekin. And so we played Florida the next year yeah. and we play against these guys. And we're like, heck, Brad not here. He gone. Would you say that 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 mentality or that work ethic and not just the work ethic, but just that that balance that you had of looking at what they say and I'm not being able to do, but also focusing on who I am. Has that kind of been the foundation as you led throughout your career going into the league or what what was it? Partially, like I always just stayed me like I believe yeah. in, I always believed in my work and my craft like. I knew what I was capable of. Like my mom always told me, like when you see an article, you read it, like that's somebody's opinion. That's what they're supposed mm -hmm. to do. They have a job. That's, mm. You know, they have to earn a living. That's what they're supposed to do. And you so, gotta meet Mama Bill. Right, I was as a young kid. It was very <laughs> difficult for me to understand because just like everybody else, social media was very new. It wasn't like it is now. Nope. Like we had Twitter, Facebook, but it, that was it. It wasn't nothing crazier than that. And so for me, it wasn't like it was too distracted. Like you would read an article and it's like, okay, what do you need to do? You read the scout, you read the rivals and, you know, you see what the analysts, you know, their commentary is on or whatever the case may be. But for me, it was just, okay. I always just constantly set goals for myself. Boom. What do I want to be better at? Do I want to score. I used to write all my stats down per year. Points go up, mm -hmm. assists go up, rebounds go up percentages go up like everything has to I have to be better every single year I have to and I always say that's my that's that's been my basis like humble and hungry that is my basis and mm -hmm. that's my foundation and I would say along the way with the adversity I didn't really hit adversity and it's funny you said it until college mm. because in high school really? I feel like in high school, I dominated high school. Mm -hmm. During the year, high school basketball, I dominated it. Summer basketball, my freshman year, sophomore year, it was I was new. But then after that, I just felt like there was, I just took off from there. Yep. Like, junior year, senior year, I was dominating. I 
was top five in the class eventually. And so I'm like, okay, I'm I'm there. Like, nope. And then mm-hmm. we go back to St. Louis. I was the best player in the city. So it was like every time I stepped on the floor, it was, I didn't fear anybody. There's nothing, yeah. there nothing there for me to feel challenged about, at least mentally. Like, that's just where I mm-hmm. was in that space, confident-wise. So I get to college, and this is why I, I, I never skip steps. I went through the recruiting process. I chose Florida because I love what Coach Donovan told me. He said, I'm not going to guarantee you're going to play a lot. I'm not guarantee you're going to start. I'm not guaranteeing you you're going to score a lot of points or get a lot of shots, whatever the, whatever you may be looking for. But I will guarantee you you'll get better every day, and I will guarantee you'll be a man by the time you leave it. Mm-hmm. Every other coach, I give you this amount of minutes, you'll get this many shots. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very difference. different than everybody else. Yeah. And so, like, I gravitated towards that because that's similar to my upbringing, like, just the grindy, grind, doggy dog, go get it mentality. And so I'm like, okay, that's what I like. And mm-hmm. people probably, you probably even thought I was crazy too. There was already four guards there. Yeah, there were four guards already on the roster. Austin was already committed, and then I committed after Austin. So we were going to be mm. six guards. Austin Rivers. Yeah. So he, I thought oh, I he was originally committed, committed to Florida. I didn't know. Well, he Austin is right was, by it. Austin was originally committed yeah. to Florida, and it's funny because mm. he recruited me to go to Florida. So really, I go there. Hey, these were real quick, Brad. I didn't mean to cut you off, but to understand what he's saying, him. And Austin are like one and two in the class. You go back and look yeah. up the original ball is life. I'm I was there at that game at Boo Williams when they went <laughs> off. So for them to team up so was is, like this is all around the same time too, right? So like as the time we're blowing up, he was always number one. They always put Austin number one shooting guard. And so we rivaled each other, but we didn't really like from the outside world, we were rivals. Like we didn't yeah, really know yeah. each other, but when we played, we we went at it, and so mm-hmm. he was like, "Yo, go to Florida with me," and I'm like, "We compete <laughs> against each other, like why?" Yeah, I do right. Like, <laughs> but then I was like, "Well, dang, that that probably will be pretty cool." And so I'm like, "Why not?" Boom, I commit. So at the time, we're both committed. It's me and Austin both committed to Florida. All of a sudden. His senior year, he decommits, goes to Duke. All right. But respectfully so. Yeah. Regardless, I still had four other guards there that yeah. I had to deal with. Right. Two, three of them were upperclassmen. Then we had a transfer in Mike Rosario, who was Mark Rosario, yep. Yep. So now we have five legit guards here. That legit guards. <laughs> like Scotty. Scotty was my class, but he was already, he went to school a year early, right? So he, and granted, he's from Gainesville, so he was already there. He goes to Florida, could go. (laughs) Kenny Boyden was a junior at the time. Irvin Walker was a senior. Mm, Irvin Walker, yes. Irvin Walker was my class, because I I was supposed to go there with Irvin. Transfer scene, and then I came in. So it was, that was my first hit of adversity because I was in the same situation I was my freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. I wow. started a team full of upperclassmen. Yep. 
and mentally wow. I'm like, I don't really know how to deal with that because mm. this is what started happening. They started saying, oh, he's one and done. He's not going to be here long. Oh, yeah. And me, mentally, I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa. Steps. Don't skip steps. Like, I'm, Don't skip I'm, steps, yeah. I'm here. Like, I'm, I need to make this work first. Like, yeah. I'm blessed and happy. I got a D1 scholarship. That's one thing my mom always told us, raising. I'm not paying for you guys to go to school. <laughs> yep. Y'all yep. yep. boys gonna go to school. Better find a way. Get a D1 scholarship somewhere. Basketball, football, baseball, something. And so I'm like, I got my scholarship. I'm here. I'm trying to make this work. I would just want to win a championship, whatever it looked like. So the year starts. First couple games at Ohio State, I start. I think I had like 19, 17, 18, 17 or 19. It was a loud 19, though. Loud, yeah, though. Like, so I'm like, <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I started feeling myself a little bit. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I just ain't that bad. And so a couple games go by. We start losing. My numbers are down. I'm just like, ah, oh, okay. I'm My shooting percentage is horrible. Mm. And so I'm just like, okay, this is – this ain't it. Like I'm used to scoring 35 a game, yeah. doing what I want. Now I got dudes who can actually play defense, guard me at night in and night out. Yep. Actual system play, got to share the floor. Yeah. That's who would actually hoop yep. to. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, ah, okay, this is this is different. This is very different. And so that was really my first hit of adversity. It was like, okay, how do you how do you balance that? Like on top of being in a new environment with college. Like, I went to an all-boys school in high school from 6 through 12. Mm. And then you yeah. go to Florida? Where it's 90 degrees <laughs> yeah, every day? That's, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, so I go to Florida. <laughs> I go to Florida, hot and, hot and sunny every day, and then I have a different class schedule. You only got a certain amount of classes a day. You got weights, you got breakfast, you got mandatory. I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is all new. This is... I got to get acclimated with this. And so it was tough juggling and balancing it in the beginning. Like, on top of having to compete hard and try to keep your spot, trying to make a name for yourself, coach got us going ones every single day. Like, mm. I think that's something that dog, people so. don't realize, too, is that you got to juggle all that along with hooping. It's like there's so many outside factors that you got to do. It's not just, it ain't like high school. There's a lot of things. You got schoolwork, you got exams, you got weights, you got tutoring, and you got to, like you said, you got everybody can hoop at this level. This is all the best players from high school. So, And that's what's so crazy because I love school. I'm a nerd. Like, <laughs> my major was biology pre-med. Like, I wanted to be a doctor. I was the same. Same. Like, yep. So, I'm like, I got bio, I got bio lab. Lab is four hours long. I'm just, I got a four hour lab and then I got practice right after that for two, two and a half hours. So I'm just like, mm -hmm. you got long days and then after that you got tutoring. And it's just, how do you balance that? How do you juggle that? Yep. And preparing for a game plan for Tennessee that week. So it was, yep. it was for the first time a different lifestyle. I couldn't just show up in the gym, lace them up and hoop. Yep couldn't do that no more, right? You have to do your schoolwork, then you have to actually prepare for what was going on, coach, ask you questions, who do you have, what's the matchups, what do they like to run? 
and you got to know the stuff. If you don't know it, it's trouble. So yep. <laughs> it was just so much to, to and you're a freshman. on top of being a freshman, on top of starting, trying to make a name for yourself, being young, you're looking at this device all the time, yep. trying to, you know, on the draft net, oh, looking at myself, I'm a top 10 pick. So I hear my teammates say that, and it's like, oh, well, that's why. So it started, I'm projected already as a top 10 pick. And so that's another, I'm like, well, dang. Now I'm just really mind, mind blasted because I'm just. How did I get here? It's like, it's right there. It's, it's, it's right yeah. there, right? And so now I start pressing. And that mm. becomes the goal. I'm looking too far, right? I started yeah. looking too far. Wow. Looking too far. Yeah. And so that just ultimately played into the adversity. Like, stay where you are. Embrace every single moment, every low, and every high. And I think what got me out of that was that E-word, embracing. Embracing being low, right? And so it took a sit-down with Coach Donovan and him really telling me, like, you put a lot of pressure on yourself like as a, mm. as a freshman he's like and i've never had that around here and sure enough he like coddled me that day next day in film this is right before sec tournament he says brad's going to run the point and we're going to play through brad from here on through the rest of the tournament mm, wow. in front of the whole team and so i'm like wow like, okay so now I got a confidence boost. So like, okay, I'm yeah. Good. And that's when I broke out of my shell with the adversity. It was like, okay, embrace where you were. You went through that for a reason. Like, coach noticed it. Like everybody noticed it. Like just be patient. Keep grinding. Keep working. And then it eventually play out in your favor. And it did. Like I feel like to this day I had a horrible year. But I had a great <laughs> SEC tournament, and I had a great yeah. SEC that tournament. end of the year was nice. Yes, you fire. Had, yeah, that end of the That's year was very was. nice. Yep. It's just, just, just duking it out, just grinding it out. I want, I want Scott to to take over, but I, I gotta talk about a few points that you touched on, and Scott can take a little bit further from here. But this is so key, man, because um, you did not focus on tomorrow. And you didn't also focus once you I mean, everybody goes to that pressing everybody goes through those things like that this is so cool to hear this because people just think that you just came into the league just just this already like this not understanding these are the foundational things we're going to get to actually what it takes to become an all-star but these are the foundational things that you need because now in your position you can't focus on tomorrow all the time or you can't focus on yesterday you got a game tomorrow you just came off a game yesterday so you got to focus and live in the moment and actually embrace you know maybe having 10 different teammates that year because the dude's getting traded maybe having a whole different coaching staff maybe being told certain things and you know what i mean so scott i'll let you go ahead and take it but i just really wanted to touch on the power of what he just talked about embracing the moment because that allows you to Give your all each day. I had a good. I have a good friend of mine who you know who does that very well. Uh, a good friend of mine, Trey, does that very well. Is I, we compliment each other in that. I think a lot in the future. 
he's always in the moment. He just is there. Mm -hmm. What you tell me to do, I'm all in. And you have a healthy balance of all of it. You Mm -hmm. have a healthy balance of, I wrote down my goals, I wrote down my plans, but I'm going to focus on today. So it's no surprise why these, why you had favor in a situation with Billy Donovan pulling you to the side. But go ahead, Boogie. So I just had to, I had to say that, man. He was, he was going, he was on fire. (laughs) Man, that was some incredible insight, man. And it's cool to hear those stories because I just remember watching you throughout the year and in that tournament. I remember seeing that shift. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's playing PG. And you, I could see it wasn't necessarily that you were playing point guard, but I could see the offense was now being run through you. And so I remember I remember seeing that and being like, oh, yeah, they finally got it. He looks way more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know the, the inside scoop of that. Um, so that was super interesting. Uh, I think we kind of want to shift towards uh, – yeah, so we want to shift towards uh the, the nba you going into the draft now you've, you've had this great run at the end of your uh college freshman year and like you said you've been projected top 10 uh throughout this whole this whole tenure but now you're showing why you were top 10 not just from your high school career but now showing that at the college level so can you talk a little bit about that shift to um the nba you're the number three pick you're going into to the Wizards, and, and and you've got all this, this. Uh, you got John, right? Who who else they You got John, yeah. yeah. John. So it's John another Nene. level. John Nene. Nene. Well, this is the vet vets. Nene vet vets. Taking it back. Man. We gotta go back almost ten years, man. Nine years in. <laughs> oh, so being drafted, it was tough for one. Um, like I decided the last day on the deadline to enter the draft mm. because we lost in the Elite Eight and mm. that hurt like no other. Because after the game, the first question was, "Are you entering the draft?" Yeah. Right, right, right at your store. <laughs> first question, and it was so crazy because right after the game, Coach Donovan grabbed me and was like, "I just want to prepare you for the question they're going to ask you." And mm. I was just like, "We just lost." I'm like, "I ain't really trying to hear that." He's like, "They're going to ask you." If you're entering the draft, you sure uh-huh. not. First question. Coach Donovan had wisdom. Hey, he was looking out for you, bro. I'm like, that's really, that's really a question. So like that, that, that infuriated me so much. And then to be that close to the final four, it was like, ah man, like we could, we could have did it. So I did, I really decided the last day to enter the draft, and I took two things, two two reasons. I ended up entering was. One, my mom really wanted me to go. So she she wanted me to enter the draft. Um, and she almost about disowned me if I didn't. And, <laughs> 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 really, she was a drill sergeant. So, yeah. And then ultimately it was a talk with Coach Donovan again. And he said, he said, Brad, you're projected a top three pick. Like, I can't even, I wouldn't feel right asking you to come back next year. Mm-hmm. He was like, so you have to go. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dang, broke down in tears and all that. Mm-hmm. So enter the draft, get drafted on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's right. That's right. <laughs> turn, turn 19. And so um, another whirlwind, I'm thrown into the fire. Yeah, it's just more adversity. As 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 life go, as mm-hmm. life went on, every level I hit, 
it was just more adversity. Right. And, so, and this is a 19 year old into the league. Yeah. I think people now, gotta understand that. Now I don't have school. So now you have work for two hours and then you have the rest of your day. So what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And so now that was a whole, that's a whole nother story. But yeah. to be able to go from drafted at number three, thrown into the fire at 19 to start an organization that wasn't really good. And we lose, I think we start off the year five and 28. Wow. And I'm just like pulling my hair Never out. experienced I'm just that. Like, yeah. What's going on? I'm not used to this. And granted, John was hurt. Nene was hurt at the beginning of the year. And so I'm literally out here playing against my first game of the year was against Braun, D Wade, mm. Chris Bosch, and the Miami Heat. <laughs> welcome to the league. <laughs> hey, so welcome like, to oh, the my. NBA. So my welcome to the league was against the champions. So here we go. Right. Uh, and it was just like that throughout the whole year. So one thing I ended up learning was your rookie year is the same E word, embrace it, because it's a long year. And that year is for you to learn, to learn. Unless you're a unicorn, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that's coming out and killing, mm -hmm. that whole year is, is a learning experience for you. Because it's a whole yeah. new game, it's a whole new terminology, whole new plays and like style of play. Like yeah. very system based, very robotic. Like Yeah, it is. Hard. it is. Like you guys know, it's very hard for me to even watch it now. Like because we have a D3. It's, it's tough things. to watch. It's like, tough to watch. A, we got a D three. So now it's all you gotta we gotta respect the paint. It's a lot more isolation, a lot more pick and roll, mm -hmm. understanding the coverages whole new ball game and so at 19 yeah. those are the other thing understanding the terminology getting all this stuff down understanding the plays and being young it's it's funny because i'm i want to kind of i'm moving fast through it but one thing i always try to give advice like if i can give myself advice mm. years ago but i take it now wholeheartedly is there's only 450 guys in the league Yep. 450. Like, this is what motivates me still today. It's 450 guys. And there's billions of people in the world, millions that play the game of basketball. But only 450 get chosen. Yep. Right? 30 guaranteed every year. 30 in the second round who may or may not be guaranteed. Right? Mm -hmm. So, every year, you know 30 are guaranteed gone. Yeah. So, like, I always say that in itself, like, tells you how hard it is to get there, like, and to stay there. Get there, but to stay yes. there. That's yes. the difference. That's the difference. Because the difference. not to cut you off, Brad, but that's kind of the issue that me and Scott talk about this a lot is it's really not if you have the plan, if you have the action, you follow it. That's the hard part. The hard part is. You talked about, I didn't really have what everybody is. I had to sacrifice, you know, what they was out there doing. I was in the gym and I went to school and I was disciplined to learn and keep repeating this process day in and day out, even though I didn't feel like it. That's even in your game. This is why I knew you you had that in you. I was, I was attracted to the discipline of your game because you had to bop bop, 
but you also had the discipline to know I can get here. I can get here anytime I want to, regardless of who I'm playing. And that is a reflection of what you do in life. I don't care who it is you are. You can tell a dude's game, how they playing their game is how it versus, you know what I mean? Their actual life. Cause if a dude up and down his game, most of the time he up and down in life. <laughs> most of the time. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like I, that's my foundation principles. Like that's how I live my day to day. The same exact way. Like, yep. Same yeah. with my wife and my boys. It's the exact same thing. Like I just a direct carrier. My wife gets sick of it. I compare <laughs> everything to basketball. I'm like, it was just like this. Yeah. But, but, but no, you're 100 percent right on that. Like I take pride in in discipline and self correction, but also being able to accept constructive criticism along the way. Mm -hmm. Like embracing the adversity, embracing the highs, even embracing the things you do well. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you should yeah. embrace what you do well, but also keeping in mind what you don't do so well. And that yeah. you need to improve that, right? And that you there's always there's always another level that you can tap into. And that's yeah. what I always, always. tell myself. Like especially in my position. I got James Harden, like the Steph mm -hmm. Curry's like everybody's a guard now. There's really position yeah. in basketball. So <laughs> every year these guys are getting better. And I can either get left behind. And, or I can really step up and make a name for myself. And I feel like that's what, where my transition to being an all-star was, was as a young kid, I averaged 24, 25 in the playoffs my first two years in the league. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. That wasn't, like I had a name, like I was run, I was, we were rolling, like we were in the playoffs. And so now it's like a whole like the criteria for what it was, granted, at that time, everybody was in the league. You had Braun, you had D Wade, everybody was healthy yes. and in their prime, yeah. mellow and healthy yeah. in their prime, right? And so it was tough to be an all star. Like it's tough, to, it's, it is tough to be 24 out of the 450. What was your first year being an all star, Brad? You know what's funny? What was it 17, 18? 17, 18. There was a time period in there where you were getting snubbed a lot, but you should have been. <laughs> nah, okay, my bad. Let's not talk about it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we all good. We all good. It was, it was about two of them I got. I should have. Yeah. I should have at least four. Sure. I should have four. Yeah. The other one we can we can toss it up. But I should have, I should have four. Sure. Yeah. But, but piggybacking off of that, I just wanted to ask, uh, leading off of that, and make sure you guys that are here understand what we are. Again, I want to reiterate who we are. We are IGI How to Be a Pro. We are a mentorship program based on um, our company and our church that we have in God's Image. If you guys don't know who we are, check us out at wearegodsimage.com slash IGI How to Be a Pro because we're going to dive into so many of these topics for um, our mentorship program for those who are out there that dream again, that want to be a pro. We kept it very, very low. You can check out our our our, our are set up there. We have the give and go section where me and Scott are going to break down more in detail these principles uh, that Brad is talking about, specifically embracing the process, specifically using uh, criticism to a healthy advantage rather than letting it harm them. And we want to just continue to dig into this next stage because he just talked so wonderfully about how he transitioned from adversity coming out of college. First, first year in the league, playing against all these greats. And then he's playing now in his position with other greats there as well. James Harden, Steph Curry, um, 
we can keep naming down the line other guards as well. You know, Clay Thompson's also a number two, a number two guard. So you hit a stage though where you hit. You're playing with another All Star. You're playing with another franchise player. Um, obviously, you know what I mean. A lot of stuff is portrayed. We're not going to get into that, but you're dealing with a lot, right? You're dealing with a lot, and all this time, your discipline is what's keeping you through. Your foundation is what's keeping you through, and you have a family, right? We want to talk about that too, as well, because a lot of people think that you just play basketball and you don't deal with regular life, and these are responsibility levels. Now it's easy to go out here and say, number three pick and uh, and you know the draft, go out here and do what you need to do, awesome. But to the responsibility level, what it takes on the court to expectation and off the court, can you kind of touch on how you balance that? How do you balance that, bro? Being a dad and being a husband, you know what I mean, while still having to go out and produce on the floor. Well, this, I always credit my agent for this. He says, when you're at the gym, you're at the gym. When you're at home, you're at home. Mm -hmm. Don't don't bring don't bring work home. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's that's what I try to do. Like, cause it's very easily to get consumed up in in what we do, our craft. Like we take pride yeah. in it. You know, we want to do well. We want to make a lot of money doing it. You know, ultimately we want to win. So mm -hmm. if all of those things aren't going in your way, it's easy to just bring it home. Be mad at wifey, start an argument for no reason. <laughs> Take it out. <laughs> Don't want to be around them, creating bad energy and vibes around the house. So it's I. It was really simple in that regard. Like, but it's I would. I'm naive to to think that it's just an easy thing to to just balance. Uh, but I'm just cognizant of it. Like, I have to try to keep home home. Like, I even mm -hmm. have a gym in my house. I never mm -hmm. use it. I, I never use that. like <laughs> I'll be down there every day. I'll be down there every single day. All practice, day. <laughs> practice. I miss free throws. I'm down there. I'm just shooting free throws. So it's just I I'm at home. I'm resting. I'm with the family. I'm enjoying them. because uh, I don't get to one, I'm always going. Right? We're going yeah. half, more than half the time. Like we travel half our season. So it's it's unfair to them, you know, because he's more than half the time I'm FaceTiming them. And so, yeah, I, that's why I just, I think it's an easy balance for me to understand that. And on top of that, when I have the boys by myself, I, I almost lose myself because that's a lot of work. <laughs> I created all the wives and, and baby mamas out there that, that take care Man. of babies. Because that is work. That is work. Boy, and boy, get the moving. <laughs> Scott, you know. Scott, you know about Scott, it. You already I got know, a second man. one on the way, man. I'm going to need some tips, Brad. I'm going to need some tips. We got number two on the way. <laughs> hey, no more zone. Straight man to man now. <laughs> Full court Straight press? Man man. Full court press? Or we have court? Man. Well, we... Just wait till hey. they're about two years old. Ooh, we. <laughs> yeah, the youngest one, he's 16, or the, the first one, he's 16 months right now. He's into everything. If I showed you what the apartment looks like right now, you'd be like. <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely. So, Brad, we I want uh, Scott to finish this. I'm going to ask. I'm going to let Scott ask a question. I'll finish this off as well. Um, the hour is almost up. What the hour is right now. We, we really yeah. appreciate your time, bro. Um, just the insight. If we could, we would 
continue to pick your brain, but we want to respect your time. You are a family man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have responsibilities. Um, but we want to thank you again in front of everybody while we're here. Scott, yes. um, you finish this out, and I'll finish out one more, and then we'll go ahead and uh, let Brad get going. But So you okay. take it from here, Scott. Yeah, so I just wanted to, to talk about the um, your transitioning into – the Saint, what was formerly the St. Louis Eagles now becoming the Brad Bill Elite, and and how did you come across that? I mean, for me, I think that's just a testament wow, to that's so sweet. Yeah, man, to Brad's heart, man. Like he's always giving back. He's always giving his his time, and uh, just even here with us. And so for you to do that, I was like, yo, that's big time, man. I'm so proud of you. So just talk a little bit about that. So that I did that in 2017. Right. And wow. it was so it's so crazy, Scott, because it was the same year Coach Gray passed. Like that exact mm-hmm. summer I took it over was the same year he passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was something that I had wanted to do for a long time. Like he gave me that seed earlier. Like remember T he gave me that mm-hmm. seed earlier. And yep. I never forgot that. Like mm-hmm. and I understood the platform that he gave me to be able to showcase what I was able to do. Like Mm-hmm. We played, when I was young, I played on a little team, St. Louis, on a little local team. Like, we traveled tournament to tournament out of our own pocket. We didn't have a sponsor. You know what I'm saying? So, we really hustled, but he had a platform, Nike sponsor team, that was that gave me an opportunity. And yep. that, that was also a part of the process, was seizing that opportunity. Because mm-hmm. we all get them. We all get them. And it's just a matter mm-hmm. of understanding when it is, what it is, and just going full speed at it. Like, and so when he did that for me, it was like, I have to come back and, and just either mm-hmm. be with my mom, mm-hmm. coach, take it over, do something. And so- I did see you coaching uh, with CP, Man, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you don't know, yeah, if you don't know, Brad's literally there coaching. He's he's not just it's like oh it's my team. No, he goes in the summer. I'm a little, he I'm takes a little bit time. unfiltered around, so you gotta be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I see you getting you ahead out there. Kids. <laughs> but uh, but that's how it started. Like I started coaching Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. Tyler Cook, Darius Garland, James yeah. Wiseman for a year, like. Wow. I didn't all know guys who are in the league oh. now, and these are all guys that played in our program. It's crazy, wow. right? So I had a chance to actually coach them when I'm young and they're young, and giving them gems that I'm learning from the league to them. But granted, wow. their paths were already created. I'm just chipping along along the way, right? But mm-hmm. once I was like, okay, I'm I'm embracing. Like you said, we were the first year with EYBL. I'm like this system is is crazy. Like, yeah, like it is. There's nothing like it, and so it just kept getting better and better and better, and the talent kept getting better and better. And I'm just like, okay, well, I really want in on this. Like, kids are really having success with this. They're getting the D1 schools. Like, I can feed them gems. Like, I can really provide for us. Like, on top of that, Mm -hmm. the travel costs. A lot of that stuff came out of our pockets. Being able to sponsor them and fund them, like I take care of that. So mm. that's where the conversation was with Coach Gray. So Coach Gray was eventually stepping down, right? But obviously, I couldn't be there to run the day to day and the full time. Yeah. Um, so he appointed a new president. Um, but I told him, I said, I want to rename the team. 
after me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was partially his idea too. So we kind of jointly was like, let's do it. And sure enough, we we went along with it and we're Brad Bill Elite for the last three to four years. Wow. And that's been, that's probably one of the craziest feelings seeing my name on those kids' uniforms. Like, yeah. Because to me, I don't, I see Coach Gray, like I don't see me, but I yeah. see, and it's so weird because a lot of them don't understand his impact or won't know who he really is. Man. Um, and so that's why, and even I went a step further, I changed our colors to black and gray now for Coach Gray. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, wonder, I, I saw that, yeah, I was not, no longer blue like it was before. Yeah, we were blue and white. So I changed yeah. it to black and gray. And uh, that's, that's one of my, I take pride in the AAU basketball. Like, mm-hmm. you gotta be careful on me. You don't talk trash, cause I, I be <laughs> He's out there. Yeah, I'm out there with it. But I, I love it though, because for me, I didn't have NBA guys coming back, telling me about the game, sharing it with me. And for me, it ain't nothing but time. Like I just, it's balancing your time. And we have plenty of it. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, I always let my kids know I can be somewhere else doing something like I yeah, can yeah. be somewhere. So don't waste my time, but All also right. and just embrace the being around them because like I didn't have that, you know. And you guys can go tell them this, that, and the third about the game, and it'll go one ear and out the other. But if I come in and say the same thing, it's like, oh man, he just told me something new. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's the same way with how our coaches are like, I kept some of the same coaches that coached me around and yep. we deal with the same thing as, oh man, you, you're not hearing me, old head. And I come over <laughs> there and say the same thing. It's, oh, okay, it makes sense. And it's, it's <laughs> so just like being able to understand kids, understanding what they need and, and just trying to help as much as I can. Like I want them all to go to college. Like, mm-hmm. I always tell them how hard it is to make it to the league. Like, I don't even, mm-hmm. those are unicorns. Like, granted, we have <laughs> a couple of them in our program every year. Like, I won't tell mm-hmm. them that, but yeah. we have a couple of them. And so it's it's just being able to, man, how can we get these kids to college? We have great relationships with a lot of the coaches. I still have great relationships with college coaches who are peed off. I didn't, I didn't go to their schools, but you know, <laughs> right. they, they grab a lot of our kids, so. Uh, <laughs> I embrace that part of it too. So for me, it's also trying to figure out what I want to do post basketball. Yeah, that's super real, Brad. Um, so you last question I want to finish this out with. What we usually do is we ask, "What would you tell your younger self?" Or what would you tell the next generation? Mm-hmm. But you kind of touched on that. You touched on yeah, it a little yeah. bit, which was, and I was like, ah, but it was perfect. It, it, it helped Beat me to the punch. really. Yeah, it helped me really lead into this last question, which was perfect, man. Just looking from afar, you're you're there. Every year you get better. Every year you go higher. Every year you do more um, with less. You was you should say around you. Not saying that guys around you are not as good. That's not the case at all. It's just the situation. Like you talked about, we were talking a little bit about it before. It takes a lot to be successful. You know, it takes a lot to have a group of twelve to fifteen guys really buy in, all in together. But yet you've been consistent day in and day out to get there. Even this year, being an all-star starter, that's a huge accomplishment, you know, a top 10 player in the league. So my question for you, Brad, is 
what is it that you think is going to help you crack past that that echelon into that realm that very few get into um you're in a situation now where you have another great all-star on your team russ you have a great supporting cast as well we don't want to you know dismiss that but what do you think for you personally what do you think of what drives you to get past that that echelon of where you've been at to go to that next next level for me and where i am in my game and the level and that you're saying i need to crack i have to be more selfish Mm. way more selfish mm. like selfish about going to get it bringing it every night like really showcasing that like and i always credit russ for that because i get the i watched mm. him do it against playing against them mm. mvp seasons yes going 100 miles per hour every single night don't know how he's coming <laughs> with energy but he's 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 doing it, and so to have that every night in the locker room has been a, a great push. Mm. But I think that's the next step, like just kind of getting. It's weird because the NBA is a flashy game, like we're entertainment yeah. industry, yeah. so it's like I said, like now it's it's understanding the business side of it, like how do you market brand like i'm a client yep. reserve silent assassin like you said i'm getting yep. to my spots like some stuff might be deep up but it ain't gonna be crazy i'm just gonna get it done right yep so he will really, dunk on you in a heartbeat don't, don't get it twisted go ahead it's, it's <laughs> right you know, it's cracking that that next step of in comp it's really just a confidence thing like mm. not being afraid to shoot from the logo Mm, good point. Like, like, and that's just a confidence thing. Like, I'm yeah. watching Stephen Dame standing right next to him, shoot from half court, just, just shoot. Yeah. Catch, but that's a confidence thing. Like, yeah. That's a. I'm here. I know what I can do. I believe in my craft. Like, this is. And you can see that. Yeah. You can see that in a lot of guys. Right. Unconscious experience that's, right there. That's the level. <laughs> that's the level. And understanding that, man, because it is a hard group to get into. It is a hard group to get into. Man. Like so many dudes get snubbed every year that deserve to be in. Not even saying Whoa. the guys who are in don't deserve to be there, but it's just yeah. sad that there's only 24 spots. Yeah. Somebody got well, to Somebody do, and we got. Uh, I believe you will. Just, just getting a chance. It's really getting a chance to talk yeah, to you, man. Sure. It's been a, it's been a blessing for you. Open up your heart. You're a genuine dude. I've heard such great things about you. You know, outside looking in. I've always. There's a few guys that you go on YouTube and you watch, and you've always been that guy that I. I you asked my 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 boy uh, who was actually uh, the steward over this IGI, Anthony Rubin. You were one of the guys that. I was like, man, I, I love Brass since I love his game. And I root for you, man. I root for you to get to that next level. I root for you to be there because you can do it. You know what I mean? I seen you from the jump. I know you can do it. And so I just am excited. I, I wish you nothing but, you know, blessings going for the rest of the year, man. And just to help the year. And, and, and that you can actually experience that unconscious spirit that you're talking about. I know you can do it. And. Just thank you again, man, for being on here. Scott Boogie, um, 
let you close this out and then we'll let Brad get out of here. Yeah. No, again, appreciate your time, Brad. And for sure, we know we know you're gonna do that. We watched like like T Jackson said, man. We watched you all the way through there and we I've seen you put in the work. Like you said, if you had that gym if you was in that gym in your house, we I know you would be down there. Um, <laughs> we do <laughs> We do have one more request from Mama Suggs. I'm actually, I'm about to take it to you right now. She, she's asking if you would say hello to her middle school team. She's the new principal. She's actually the first African-American principal uh, in this district. Um, so she's just asking if you would say hello to her middle school. I, I texted you just kind of what she wanted to say, uh, for you to say. If you could just say hello to her middle school. Mama <laughs> Suggs, out here leading schools and stuff, all right. Leading the school, she just wanted to see if you. I'm a son from TV to the school. I want to say thank you. <laughs> Shout out to the Wildwood Middle School. Let's go Timberwolves. Stay locked in. Stay focused on school. Work hard in athletics. Everything take care of itself. Mama Suggs, we Brad, got you. We, congratulations yes, to you, being the principal. That's big time. That is big, big time. time. Congratulations, big time. Mama Suggs. And thank you, Brad. Again, we thank you for your time. We thank you for yes. sharing that insight, man. That was so deep, so incredible. Even for me, there was a lot of things I didn't know, um, especially with you being being younger than me and, and uh, obviously going to a different school and college. Just getting that insight, that was incredible. That was some some gems in there, man. And uh, like T-Dex said, we'll continue praying for you and, and wishing blessings on you. And we're excited to see yes, you. Sir. Multiple more All-Stars. They're going to stop snubbing you. Leading yes, NBA, leading NBA, oh, yeah. leading the score. They can't snub that, man. Come on. <laughs> got to, got to. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody for tuning in here. We'll go ahead and let Brad go, but thank you, Brad. Enjoy your family, man, and you have a great one, man. It was a pleasure. Thanks, fellas. All right, Brad. See you. All right. So everybody, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. If you want to know more about us, please go ahead and check out weareguysimage.com. Weareguysimage.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and YouTube. There we have our mentorship program. We're going to be adding new footage of not only just workouts, but actually the talks of how you actually implement this stuff into your life. Tune in next Sunday. We're here every Sunday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what time that is in Thessaloniki. Uh, 3 a.m. It'll be 3 a.m. <laughs> well, it'll be 4 a.m. next week because we'll be on Daylight Savings. Yes. <laughs> 3 a.m. Greece time. And, uh, but yeah, we appreciate you guys. Remember, imagine what you could accomplish if fear was not an option. There's nothing that can't be done if you have the faith in the plan, if you have the guy behind the plan, and we want to help you have both so that you can be, uh, you can have the right keys to be successful and that there could be nothing impossible for those who believe. So thank you guys. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you guys here soon. From grade school to high school. From high school to college. From college. To the league. And it doesn't stop there. And a nice move, Scott Suggs. What if I told you that there was nothing impossible for those who believe? 
for those who believe in their dreams, who believe in themselves, and who believe in truth. We're here to show you the way to the life you've always wanted. This is IGI. This is IGI. This is IGI. This, this is, is How to Be a Pro. Be a pro.